This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hey, no sweat, says Frankie the uh, <laughs> official sous chef of the garden. Yeah, no sweat because no you're in air conditioning. That's right. Oh, man. Isn't this something else? Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you're going to oh, be the real sous brother. chef or under, under, under gardener, man, you'd be sweating. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, I know that uh, the gang, uh, there might be some folks listening right now, as a matter of fact, to us yes. on board the uh, AM740 the bus. bus. Yes, They're indeed. on the way to Collingwood. I ran into the rabble outside. Yep. There was quite a quite a scene going on outside. Saw there. Eva the D out there. Uh, she's getting ready to board the bus, and they're going to have a scream to these. It's be so yeah. good. So good. And we'll be doing reports, of course, as we go through the uh, morning and the afternoon. Because we can't be there. We're no, here. We're here. Holding down the fort. And it's a good thing we are because there are listeners out there who want to call in with questions. About so gardening. let me get the phone numbers on okay. the air, Charlie, okay? Yep. All righty. If you're in the Toronto area and you want to reach Charlie Dobbin here on The Garden Show, here's the number, 416-360-0740. Then anywhere in the province, it is toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Remember our little mantra, please. One question per call, okay? Call early, call often, one question per call. And this little bell is here for a reason. Now, if you are a first-time caller, let Sebastian and his trainee, Will, know all about it, okay? Because yeah. we got we got some new uh, talent in the control We do, there. yes. Welcome, Will. All righty. We'll call motion. <laughs> what do we got? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I have no idea what I said there. Oh, wait, so I got that Will call. Yeah, yeah, I know what that okay. is. But I didn't get right. the motion. All right. So what have we got? Um, not a lot going on in the Hort Societies okay. or tours. Yeah. Just a reminder that the free summer music series is taking place at the Toronto Botanical Gardens. It's called Gardens of Song. It's every Thursday starting at 7 p.m. goes right through to the end of yeah. August. There, so a total of nine concerts, so for nine Thursdays. Bunch of different popular artists. Of course, it's all outdoors in the gardens, rain or shine. Uh, there is some seating, but bring your own. Remember, it's free admission. There's a organic farmer's market that same afternoon and evening that's open for your shopping pleasure. The cafe is open. So there's a whole bunch of sort of neat things going on. I mean, go anytime to the TBG, torontobotanicalgardens.ca, or make a point of going on Thursday to party with some friends and have a lovely time outside. Well, there you are. Um, what the heck was I going to think of? I was thinking of something there. You were uh, thinking, so what have you been doing this week? That's it. <laughs> I, no, I, honest to God, I got, I got involved writing the <laughs> notes down from my monitor here about who's on the line. And all of a sudden, I wanted to say something. What was it? Well, there it is, yeah. Mm. You were describing to me. Mm, this project a, a, a I've been project working on. project sounds fantastic. Tell the folks about oh, it. Oh, it's so dramatic. It's actually been a lot of fun. It's been, I've been working on this since the middle of June, really. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's a brand new townhouse development. Danforth and Broadview areas, quite urban. And uh, one of the 
condominium townhouse owners has exclusive use to a big rectangle of land that was just scrubby grass mm-hmm. all enclosed with a fence. So about 50 feet long, 25 feet wide. And uh, they said, you know, we really want to change this. We don't want scrubby grass. We want to make this beautiful. So you, it's, it's been a project uh, all by hand because it's upstairs. There's no machinery in there. So a couple of crew members are in there with me. We've dug out 22 yards of junk. Wow, bad, that's a lot of junk. Really bad yeah. soil, builders' crap, yeah. concrete shingles, you know, the usual yeah. uh, that you find underneath the top half inch of topsoil that they put down. And uh, so that all came out. And we've been inst- we've installed a beautiful granite patio, uh, gardens. I uh, just mentioned you seven big trees were and delivered. tell them how you got those trees. <clears throat> that, that's amazing. Well, it's all by, by wheelbarrow. We've been, you know, built a ramp or up the stairs. And, of course, the tree delivery truck had a crane because they're big trees. Yeah. Put them on the sidewalk on Broadview, yeah. drove away, and then we dollied the trees. Well, how would you lift them up onto the dollies? Those oh, well, you tilt the tree. Heavy. It's like it's got a wire oh, okay. basket. It's got oh. a round oh, ball. Yeah. Okay. So you tilt it, and you stick the dolly under, and then you bungee cord it to the dolly, <laughs> and then you wheel the trees through the parking lot. And these up, like your 15-foot trees. Yeah, yeah. Up the, oh, yeah. Wow. A couple hundred pounds. So... <laughs> Through the parking lot, yeah. up the ramp, into the garden, and then, you know, we had prepared holes for them, and five of us, you know, lifted these trees into their holes. Anyway, it's going to be so beautiful. Okay. The irrigation went in this past week, and the lighting has been installed. Not Nothing's finished. It's all just yeah. infrastructure, and it's very exciting. Okay. Now, again, just for folks who are thinking, yes. this sounds, I'd like to take a peek at that. What are the directions again? Oh, you can't see it. Oh, you can't see it? It's a person's private garden. Oh, Beans. We'll, we'll be able to show it on the web. <laughs> oh, well, We'll show right. some before and afters for okay. sure. Well, you'll let but, us know when But, those... you know, you want to see some of the beautiful work I do, just hire me. Garden Solutions by Charlie Dobbin. You can contact me here at the station. My email is, what is it, c.dobbin yes. at mzmedia.com. Right. c.dobbin, D-O-B-B-I-N. At mzmedia.com, okay. Remember when we first met, you called me Charlie Dubbin. Charlie Dubbin, I yeah. could have killed you. Here comes Dubbin with For about three, <laughs> three Saturdays, you kept saying, and I'm here with Charlie Dubbin. It was like, no! <laughs> oh, God. She'll think of anything to get back at me. Well, all right. We have to take a break here, and we have people online are coming back to uh, fl- uh, flip off out to uh, Pickering and say hi to Josephine in just a couple of moments, our first caller, right after these words on The Garden Show from Zuma Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Alrighty, here we go, my friends. Out to Pickering to say hi to Josephine. Welcome to The Garden Show, Josephine. Good morning, Frank and Charlie. How are you this morning? Great. Good morning. How are you? I'm trying to survive this heat. <laughs> I'm getting prepared for even hotter weather where we're going on vacation. Oh, really? You're going right. south? We're going to Europe. We're going to Italy. Oh, right. oh wow. It's been hot but in Europe. What I called about is in regards to, remember I started the uh, hydrangea plant mm-hmm. from the cutting? Yes. Okay. Now, I'm going to be away, and I'm wondering with this heat that seems to be continuing, mm-hmm. Whether or not I can plant it in the ground now, or would I be better to wait until I come back because somebody else is taking care of my house while I'm gone? And would I be better to plant it in the end of August? 
So right now the cuttings are in small pots or they're in water? Where are they? No, no. Remember I started it from a cutting yeah. and it rooted? Yeah. I've called you several times in regards to No, I, to I remember. It. I'm just so it's in the pot, obviously. It's in the pot. And okay. now it's got three branches starting. Oh, nice. All right. So, so this is a great question, you know. Um Okay, so your final location of where that's going to go oh, in your garden. Oh, I know garden. the location where it's going to go, where my other hydrangeas are. And how much light is there? How many hours of light, direct it light? It gets a fair amount of light. But my, like I say, my concern is with this heat, yeah. could it destroy it? Yes, it, particularly if you're not there. See, that's the thing. If you plant hydrangeas now, hot, hot time of the summer, we do have to give them a lot more water now newly planted than we will in the future once they're established. Okay, the end of September be better? Well, even late August, early September is fine. Right. But what I would do, since somebody else is looking after your garden, is just move that pot, make sure that pot's in a shady location. Right. And even if possible, maybe pot it into a bigger pot or sink the pot into the ground in a shady spot. That's where, what I was going to yeah, do. I'm going to put it into a bigger pot before I leave. Yeah, and then the water requirements will not be as high. When you get back from your holiday... Get that little hydrangea out where it's going to be going. And, of course, like I said, spring and fall are absolutely ideal for planting hydrangeas. You don't need to water them every yeah, as often. Bushes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fertilize? Only with a transplanter fertilizer when you're, when you're planting. Okay. Uh, and then next spring, you can consider an all-purpose or a flowering plant fertilizer. Well, here it goes. This is an experiment. Oh, that's Let's great. See how it turns out. Yeah, definitely. Keep it us... ought to be interesting because I'm starting another one, a pink one. All right. The other, this one is a blue one. You're just going to become a hydrangea breeder. I love hydrangeas. <laughs> Start a hydrangea nursery. Well, I don't know about a hydrangea nursery. You never know. End you of your driveway. Tell, but uh, <laughs> I think I'm getting a little bit older now for starting a nursery. Well, but, you know, these hobbies can become quite... Quite big. Yes, That's can. true. Okay, well, have a good weekend and, and take care, and I'll be talking to you when I come back. Excellent. We'll have a wonderful time in Italy. Uh, yeah, exactly. Thank you very much. Have a great holiday. Maybe a little glass of red wine in honor of Frank and Charlie. Yes, eh? exactly. All right. Hmm. Um, I was through Alliston yesterday, as a matter of fact. Did uh, you see uh, Phyllis when you were there? Uh, no, no, I didn't. <laughs> you I, might have. I waved. I'm going through. Hi, Phyllis. Where are you? Uh, but she's on the line right now from Alliston. Hello there. Yes, hello. I feel like I, you guys are my horticologist. <laughs> <laughs> Not my Frank, own. trust me. Anyways, uh, it's about a hydrangea, too. Uh-huh. Um, okay. Now, I talked to you back in the spring, mm-hmm. and uh, the tubers that were coming on the hydrangea I had cut, and you said that was all right. So now uh, there's just leaves on it. It's huge, but there's no blooms on it. Yeah. I don't know. Was that maybe not the right thing to do, no. cut the tubers? Or? No, no, cutting them cutting them back in the spring is what you did. You cut off all right, the brown right. stems, uh-huh. and typically we'll cut hydrangeas down, you know, sometimes they'll only be six inches tall, but we cut them down to the lowest common denominator, so we cut, you know, yes, find right. little green buds, cut right. to that point. And yes, hydrangeas, unfortunately, in my experience, are not consistent bloomers. Ah, There's an awful lot of breeding that's gone on in the last 15, 20 years with the hydrangeas, there are so many different varieties to choose from. Many of them are, are you know, sort of sold and marketed on the basis that they will bloom on 
this year's growth, what they call new wood. And yet, I've, I have ex- examples of um, my um, my hydrangea not mm-hmm. blooming at all one summer, and then the next summer putting out you know ten or fifteen blooms. Ah. So I do find there's big inconsistencies in the blooming with some of these these newfangled hydrangeas. Perhaps okay. that's what's going on at your place. Do you know what variety it is that you planted? No, you yeah. had asked me that yeah. before, but because yeah. it was a number of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, last year, I think there was two little blooms on it, and right. that was it. Yeah, so, so, so you know, it, it's one of those things. Remember, next spring, you're going to cut down again. You're going to fertilize okay. next spring with okay. a flowering plant fertilizer. And okay. cross your fingers that you do get some blooms. And you still could, right? It's only July. You st- it still could pop some, some buds and blooms for you. Yeah, it could. I was kind of looking, but should yeah. I fertilize any more? Well, we are getting to the end of July. Have you, how much have you fertilized this season? Well, I didn't use the the one you you were stating uh, flowering one. I didn't use that. I used the one for everything uh, for roses and uh, an all purpose sort of thing. Well, yes. well, but uh, what we put on our roses is typically a fla- when I say flowering plant fertilizer, it's usually a fertilizer that's got a slightly higher middle number, or it's yeah. a fertilizer that has, you know, a photograph or picture or graphic on mm. the the package with with lots of blooms so it could be roses it could be tomatoes it could be you know hydrangeas Um, all those will support and encourage blooming Uh, if you have fertilized fairly thoroughly or regularly this season I wouldn't be cranking any more fertilizer on now you're just going to get a bigger greener plant probably so Um, I should leave this even for the fall don't touch it don't yeah just exactly just don't touch it till next spring Okay. Thanks. Sounds good. Thanks, right. Phyllis. Thank you. Have a great day. All righty. I'll Thank wave you. to you next time I'm through Alistair. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Blow kisses. Yes, uh, exactly. Hey, um, that Phyllis reminds me of something that I just want to remind everybody who's yep. listening. We are, it is July 23rd. If you are somebody who does use a liquid fertilizer, the kind that you mix up in your yep. watering can and then you water flowers, perennials, trees, shrubs, uh, this is the last chance to do it. This is this week. We don't do any more fertilizing after the end of July oh, okay. of any of our plants except, there's always an exception, yeah, yeah. lawns will get fertilized later in the fall. And, of course, we will continue to fertilize our vegetables and our annual flowers, like our you know, geraniums mm-hmm. and, and petunias. Those you can continue to fertilize because frost is going to kill them anyway. But any of your perennial plants, your mm-hmm. trees, your shrubs, your roses, no more fertilizer after this week. You just want to let them slow down and get ready for winter. Excellent point. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And the sous chef of the garden, Frankie Proctor, ring the bell. And that's for Teresa here in Toronto. First time caller. Hi, Teresa. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. You have your garden wings. Welcome. Yes, I do. I'm not very good at um, doing a vegetable garden. This is only my second year. And this time the the tomatoes are doing a lot better than last year. Um, But this year um, I've been feeding them and... The, the bottom leaves have turned yellow and have black spots on them, so I'm not sure what I'm doing wrong. Okay, what you're experiencing right now is something called blight on the tomatoes. And uh, 
it's not something to be overly concerned about. Uh, what I would do is a couple things. One is make sure that when you are watering your tomatoes, you're watering early in the day so that they're completely dry. All the leaves are dry before the sun sets. That oh, will, all right. Okay, so, or if you need to do your watering late in the day, make sure that you're only watering the soil and you're not watering the actual plants because that, that will certainly help avoid fungal diseases, which is what blight is. Oh, I see. Um, the other thing you could do is go out there, and if, if the leaves are predominantly yellow, uh, remove them. And then take those leaves and put them right out into the garbage, not into the compost. And, oh, I see. And okay. practice what we call good garden hygiene. So just ensure that there's uh, no sort of yellow leaves on the ground or, or floating around and that you remove them from the garden. And in the future, you're not going to do anything about this now, but even this might make a difference. It's all about good air circulation. In oh, order to, I see. Okay, I think I've got my tomatoes too close together. Most of us do because they're little tiny plants when we plant them, and we can't imagine why we would plant them four feet apart. Right. And yet, if you do plant them four feet apart, they're much happier. <laughs> really? That far apart? Well, I guess depending on the size of the tomato, and eh, maybe four feet's a bit of an exaggeration, but at least three feet. Oh, and, I see. And are oh they staked? Okay. Have you got your steaks well, on your... that's nice to know. Thank are, you. You're welcome. Are your tomatoes staked? Are, are they up off the ground or... Yes, they're staked up. Okay, yeah. good. Yep. Yeah, so that's important too because sometimes when they flop on the ground, again, you'll find that splashing water f- from the soil uh, spreads mm-hmm. fungal diseases. So uh, staking, oh, keeping okay, them well, clean and dry. No, thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for calling in, and hey, being a first-time caller today. Yeah. Show. Hey, uh, maybe yeah. I should just quickly share uh, an email with you. Absolutely. It is on the subject of tomatoes. Okay. And I, um, many of us out there are waiting with great anticipation to taste our first tomatoes, like me. Mine are all green still, but I did get my garden in a little later than most, I think. Um, but yeah, tomatoes are the number one vegetable. Mm-hmm. So if people are going to grow vegetables, this is always the first choice. Uh, an email from John. He says, hi, Charlie. I tried to call last Saturday, uh, but the lines were all busy. So he says, I'm sure a few gardeners are experiencing the problem that he's experiencing. He has 36 tomato plants, and he's noticing that the bottom of the tomato is rotting. Oh. And he's wondering what's going on. Is it too much water? Uh, and would, would I please uh, bring this up today? Mm. So oh, I hope you're listening, John. And... Um, if you're seeing rot on the bottom of your tomatoes, it's called blossom end rot. It's a, you'll see a darkening right at the very bottom uh, center of the tomato. What causes it? Unfortunately, it's probably got to do with the watering and not too much watering, probably just inconsistent watering. We know that blossom end rot tends to happen to tomatoes that have some nutritional deficiencies, typically calcium being the big deficiency that they're suffering for lack of. But often there's lots of calcium in the soil and you'll always see tomato fertilizers have calcium added to them. Mm -hmm. So make sure that you are fertilizing, make sure that there is sufficient calcium available, but also make sure that you've got consistent watering. Vegetables in general hate the really hot, dry, wet 
hot, dry, wet. Mm-hmm. They just want that always constant, you know, moist, dry out a bit, moist, dry out a bit. And it's very hard. I mean, we haven't had rain So you've got to be consistent. By that, uh, you mean uh, you don't want to water the go... same time every day? Well, or... not just, yeah, and you wouldn't even water every day. But just make sure that your plant, your tomatoes are never truly drying right out to the point of limpness. Okay. Uh, and make sure that, so that you are watering them often enough to, to avoid that. And, and then, yeah, exactly, wait a couple of days. And if necessary, water again, just to get them down to the, you know, the surface should be dry, but yeah. if you move the soil, you should still see some moisture below. But, um, but yeah, it's all got to do with consistent watering. And it's tough when we're in such dry conditions. I mean, yeah. a oh, boy. good friend yeah. of mine out in Prince Edward County, mm-hmm. they haven't had rain in like three months. I know. Well, we're, we're, are we not officially into a drought? I imagine we, we are. are. I haven't yeah, stayed on top of that. But yeah, I bet you we are because it's just been crazy. I yeah. mean, it is, the wells are drying up, right? Okay, back to our callers here at uh, 933 on The Garden Show from Zuma Radio. Uh, here's a, a young lady, I'm assuming a young lady, hmm. uh, with a very interesting name. I've never heard this name before, Victorine. Good morning, Victorine. Welcome to the show. Good, good morning, Frank. Good morning. Good morning. Are you fir- are you? first-time caller? No, it's not a first-time caller. I called before last year. Oh, well, isn't that there funny? you go. Okay, I well, thought I'd remember a name like Victorine. Yeah. But welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Um... I have a problem. Mm-hmm. At the back of my fence, I have some stones, and it seems as though the raccoon is taken there to make their toilet. Oh. <laughs> so I was wondering if you have any ideas what I can use to, <laughs> you know, to keep them away. So there's just that one spot that, and these yeah. are like river rock? That one spot, it seems as though they, they like it there. I don't know. Well, that does happen. Animals do tend to keep going in the same spot once they start. Yeah. So... A uh, couple of options. Option number one, uh, a product I have talked about in the past, is a repellent yes. of just about everything in the world, from deer to rabbits to voles to raccoons. Okay. And it's called plant skid. So the plant. word... Yes, P-L-A-N-T. Yes, and then S as in Sam. Yes. K as in kite. Mm-hmm. Y as in yellow. Mm-hmm. D as in dog. And yes. then another D as in dog. So plant skid. Plant skid. Yep. It is available on the web at plantskid.com. It's mm-hmm. also available at any garden center. Okay. Okay. And you'll I'll just... I'm going to tear it to see if they have it there. Yeah, they'll have it for sure. And just okay. follow the instructions. So that will work, do you think? Oh, yeah. Just you promise you, you are going to have to clean up whatever they've left behind. Okay. I'd get out the hose, give it a bit of a wash. Yeah. And then go to your plant skid, spray the area, and they should not come back to that area. But be aware that they might choose another area. Yes. So I'd be probably spraying right across the back of the fence there. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much for your advice. You're Thank very you, Victorine. Welcome. Thanks for yeah. calling. And thanks to all our uh, callers who are uh, with us on this exceeding, exceedingly hot. Saturday morning, my golly. Well, and the, it's going to be a little less I was going to in say, humidity. It was fairly fresh this morning. Mm-hmm. It was quite quite nice, actually. Yep. But you could tell it's heating up and it's a blue sky. Yeah, well, they're calling for something like 33 degrees later, but it's going to feel like about 38. But yesterday. Yeah, well, that was wicked. I felt like I was in Jamaica. <laughs> it was so humid. You know, oh, man, you know yeah. how it gets so humid exactly. in some of the it tropical? Exactly, ring out the air. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I kind of loved it, but I, I only loved it when I was sitting still. Hey, we're just going to go around the corner here in Toronto and uh, have a word with Jerry. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, guys. Morning. Uh, Charlie, my succulent, uh, I repotted my succulent plant 
uh, in the springtime. Yep. And it's already completely overgrown the pot. <laughs> Can I repot now? <laughs> How often are you watering that plant? Whenever it's bone dry. Okay. It's screaming for water. So what size pot is it in now? Six. So you want to go up to an eight. Now, remember, just because the plant looks big doesn't mean it necessarily needs repotting. You know it's time to repot when the roots are growing out of the drainage holes. Oh, okay. I'm not doing that yet. All right. So, so yeah, succulents often don't have very large root systems. No, they don't. They're really close to the surface. Yeah. So, I mean... If you repot it, I mean, you could repot it just on principle. You're going to have to eventually by the sounds of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is a stressful thing to do, so better to do it now than in December. No question. More stressful on me than it is the plant. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't have to be that scary. So fresh pot, fresh potting soil. Make sure it's a cactus soil, so it's a very well-drained soil. Usually has an extra bit of sand in it. And, and, I mean, like I said, you could do it now if you're worried that you're going to have to do it in December. And December is not a good time to repot any of the no. succulents or cacti. No. Um, so up to you. But if you're not seeing roots and you did just repot it a few months ago, I'd be inclined to wait till next spring. Yeah. Give it a full year. Hmm. It, it will not die in the meantime. It definitely will not die. Trust me. Just so in the meantime, I can be stressed out. <laughs> yeah, don't be stressed out. <laughs> Let it dry out between waterings and then you think it's time to water. Wait a couple of days before you water. Thanks, Charlie. <laughs> good luck, right. Jerry. Go to the farmer's market. I'll talk to you later. Okay, okay. Enjoy. Have a good day. Bye. Boy, that's a, a neat thing to do in a day like this. Oh, it's perfect. That's you, the place to be. You got it. Nice fresh stuff. You can mm. see me reaching for the little bell. That means we've got another first-time caller Excellent. coming up here. Hey, Rebecca and Curtis, welcome to the show. Hi there. Hi. Good, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you very much. I just discovered Zoomer Radio about a year ago, and I love it. Oh, it's wonderful. Nice. Well, we love fans. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I want to ask you about potato vines. Yep. You know, those Sweet lime green and black yep. leaf things that are in everybody's planters? Yes. <laughs> um, is there any way that I could take those tubers and store them over the winter like my calla lily tubers? And then try and regrow them from that. Yeah, because they're so expensive. Yeah. Hmm. You know, that's an interesting question. Because they're like potatoes. They're like sweet they are. potatoes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can eat them. Um, really? Yeah, yeah, they are. They, they're quite edible. Um, but they're bland. They, you know, need a lot of butter and salt and pepper if you're going to, you know, boil yeah, those yeah. up. So, you know what? That's a, I don't actually know the absolute answer to your question. I am going to look that up. It actually makes sense. You should theoretically be able to lift those tubers. What you would do is just like your dahlias and just like your cannas and your callas, you'd wait till the frost, all the foliage dies back, and that you know ensures that the tubers are now dormant. Uh, yeah. Lift out of the ground, dry down in a, in a dark, dry spot for a week or 10 days, carefully remove the soil and then you know clean the the tuber as much as you can from the soil and then stick them into a you know bag of peat moss for the winter or as um my i've also done is just leave the tubers in the potting soil in the pot and just store the pot somewhere frost free yeah just frost free is the main thing for the winter no water and dark um it might work and start watering them, what, around March, maybe? But you'd ha- that would be the tricky thing, is to start watering them about March 
uh, early April. I'd probably wait till April because they grow really fast. And then, of course, you'd be providing some heat because you would have been a warm, sunny location. And yeah. you would start to water very carefully and hope that they would wake up and grow. Hmm, so interesting experiment. Yeah, yeah, it'd be a good experiment to try. I'm going to look it up and see if there's any information on that. The other thing, of course, is you could take cuttings and take cuttings into the house and grow them as a house plant for the winter. Oh, I know, but they grow so fast. I know. <laughs> they, they just grow like stink. Inundated, crazy. yeah. Oh, my, but, yeah. But it just claims me every fall when I go to take them out. I know. And these tubers are the size of... Of, the, like, fingerling potatoes. Yeah, oh, they'll, and they'll <laughs> fill the pot. They get huge sometimes. Yeah. And um, I thought, why can't I do this like my canna lilies and my, and right. my cow lilies? I'm going to report back on that, Rebecca, so keep listening, because that it is a good idea. Cool. All hey. Right. And we're Thank delighted, by the much. way. We're delighted that, that you enjoy the station. Thank you very much. Love your show. Thanks great a lot. Great stuff. Okay. Have a great day, a great weekend, as a matter of fact. And we have to take a little bit of a break here. A quick reminder that uh, we got a line open, I do believe, right now. 416-360-0740 here in Toronto. And anywhere in the province, it's toll-free. 1-866-740-4740. Charlie Dobbin, Frank Proctor here on The Garden Show from Zuma Radio. Back with more callers in a moment. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Indeed, and on an exceedingly warm weekend, we welcome you to uh, Zoomer Radio. Laura, uh, no uh, stranger to the station out in Eris, Ontario. Good morning, Laura. Good morning, Charlie. Morning. Morning. Uh, oh, good morning, Frank. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, my, my good friend, Laura. <laughs> yeah, I still look forward to your, your funny bone. Oh, yeah, I've got a dandy coming up at 2.30 today. Oh, good. Alrighty. I haven't found any that's suitable to send you yet. <laughs> okay. I keep looking for them. Oh, I keep waiting. <laughs> Alrighty. What have you got for us, Laura? Oh, um, I had an orchid given to me back in March. Mm -hmm. March the 17th, as a matter of fact. Mm. And now it had about a dozen flowers on it, mm -hmm. and I've been giving it its ice cubes every week. Mm -hmm. But now uh, the flowers are dying off, and I wonder what to do with it. I've never had one before, so I don't know anything about them. So, you know, that's not bad. The flowers last from March right through to July, and that's excellent. That's what orchids need. You know, you want mm -hmm. the, the flowers to last, as you know, three months or so. Sounds like you've got it in a window where it's getting some soft light or, you know, that's a right. bright uh -huh. spot, but not super sunny because it sure doesn't like that right so what you're going to do is the flowers are going to shrivel they're going to drop you're going to put those in the composter the stem that the flowers have been attached to will either turn brown and start to wither from the tip and turn brown right down to back right mm -hmm. to the bottom you know where it attaches to the leaves or to the main stem mm -hmm. or sometimes that green stem will pop another little bud and start growing another bunch of flowers off of it. So that's why I never allow the petals of the, the dried up flowers to, to drop to the ground. Leave that green stem alone and see what happens. Once it is brown and shriveled, you will, with sharp scissors, you'll just cut that away right down, like I said, at the very base where it's coming from the main stem. And you'll do continue doing your thing, watering as you've been watering, keeping it in that spot, mist it on occasion if you like, uh, fertilize every month or six weeks, and it will pop some more flowers probably by about January. 
Okay. okay. Now the the stem that the flowers are on is brown is a light brown right now. Oh, is it okay? So and it'll probably just continue to get darker, darker brown. So just yeah, if it's clearly not doing anything, then once that's clear, just yeah, cut that away. Enjoy it as a green plant and keep your eyes peeled. You are gonna see roots coming up because they always do when they're happy and sooner or later you're gonna see another flower stem. Okay, and I, I still continue just to give it the fertilizer or the uh Ice cubes. Yeah. Right? Do you fer- have you fertilized at all? No, I haven't. I I, I didn't realize I should be fertilizing. Well, fertilizing orchids is a good way to promote more flowering. That's okay. all. <clears throat> now you will need a specific orchid fertilizer. So oh, you. I, so what about the, uh, the the stuff I use, uh, mixed with water. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's. Uh, I forget the name of it. Well, maybe you're using something like Miracle Grow, but I wouldn't. Miracle Grow, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't use that on the orchids unless, I, like, I would. Orchids have their very specific nutritional requirements and pH requirements, so it, that's one of the cases where it is worth your while to Any get a good garden center would have the yeah, proper get orchid. a specific yeah. orchid fertilizer. Okay. Okay, like, Canadian Tire. Everybody carries orchid fertilizers. They're very. There's a lot of orchids out there now. <laughs> Yeah, well, this this came from Zayers, I think. There you go. Yep. They might yeah. even have orchid fertilizer. In the, a, I think it's a clay pot with the uh, yeah. where it's shiny. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Well, that's great, Laura. Good. Okay. Thanks going. for joining us. Thanks for that. Okay. Thanks. All righty. Thank you. And uh, we're on to a lady here now who um, has joined us, I'm sure, several times in the past. Siva here in mm-hmm. Toronto. Hi, Siva. Good morning. Hello, Frank and Charlie. How are you guys? Excellent. Good. How are you? Okay. I just came back from holiday, and my rose of Sharon was mm. purple all its life. Now it's gone white. Oh, for God's sake. How would that happen? Just the inside to the root end of the flower is purple. Oh, I've that? never seen that. Um... Okay, and is it for sure it's the same plant? It's yeah, not. It's not plant. like a seedling blew in. <laughs> no, because no. there is one. There is a rose of Sharon that's got white flowers and a red center. Yes, that's and, what happened. But it was purple before. Well, I don't know. Yeah, this reminds. We had a call about six weeks ago. Actually, maybe you weren't here when we got that call. Same kind of thing where something completely changed color. Yeah. Um, Good question. <laughs> Why I, does this happen? I don't know, but I, I just thought, you know. I, now, I do have other purples around. Yeah. I don't know, but this one was the first I had, and it was always purple, and all of a sudden I came back, and the flowers are out, and they're white. I think somebody tricked you. <laughs> oh. I think when you were away, somebody yeah. somebody replanted you. Right. Naughty neighbor. <laughs> it looks the same size, so I don't know. Well, you know what? Like, uh, yeah, this is something I really, you know, I need to get some funding and do some serious research on because I've had this question over the years on so many different plants that suddenly for no apparent reason change color and what oh I think it was a day it was lilies yeah. So day lilies or lilies yeah. that somebody oh. called about. Oh, for God's sake. Um, and I remember gladiola, same mm-hmm. thing. We, you know, color change. Yeah. So what's going to be most interesting is to see what color that Rose of Sharon is next year. All right. Okay. You know, that's because uh, if it's always been purple, I have no idea yeah, why it would suddenly. It was always a purple. It was the first tree I planted. That's you know? wacky doodle. That's what that yeah. is. I, I know. It's like, <laughs> you know, road salt, uh, dog pee. Like something's <laughs> happened, right? Like yeah. something's well, affecting. The only thing I have in my yard is raccoon skunk so i don't know yeah yeah and did you add like fresh soil around the plant compost that sort of thing this year at all i didn't because i always heap up my leaves and so around it yeah good that that is it Hmm. you know Hmm. yeah interesting well let's see what happens (laughs) all right siva about about the lady with the potato slate yep 
she has to take a cutting at the end of its life, like when fall comes. Yeah, before take frost. A cutting. The potato itself will not survive. Yeah, it, it's not like the can where you can store it. You've tried that? I I did. I yeah. did. I even froze one to see <laughs> if it would work. You know, yeah, but yeah. It, it rots after a while. It's like the potato in the you, store. Yeah, I was know? gonna say freezing it definitely wouldn't work. Yeah, but, I know. Um, but I tried it. I try everything. <laughs> yeah, good. All right. Well, hopefully she's listening. That Thanks was Rebecca. Thanks so much, Eva. All right. All righty. Thank I you so much. Rod's chart sometime. Nine fifty one here on the Garden Show, and uh, we. Have a first-time caller, Connie in Hamilton, waiting on the line. We'll get to her very shortly, right after these words on The Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, there's a lovely lady out there in Hamilton, Connie by name, who's waiting to hear this. (laughs) Your little welcoming bell, hey? Hi, Connie. Hi, good morning. Thank you. Morning. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I have a question Mm -hmm. regarding pruning. I have several perennial bushes on my property, and this summer they've gone like crazy wild. I just want to know when is the right time, and is there like a, do you have to source every plant and find the specific time for that plant, or is this sort of like... Do you do it in the spring? Do you do it in the fall? Like, a good coach question. me on that. Good question. Well, so you said many bushes. Yeah. Uh, and then the question is, are they going to be specific? This reminds me of my me um, slapping my brother around because he was <laughs> small garden. He inherited a bunch of shrubbery in the garden when he bought the house. And his idea of pruning was once a year, he'd go out and prune everything. Yeah. And then the next year, he'd go... How come my forsythia didn't flower this year? And how come oh, such and such didn't flower? And it's like, because, mm-hmm. because you just went and pruned at your convenience rather than when the plant should have been pruned. So bottom line is, even if you don't know the names of these shrubs, assuming they are flowering shrubs, the right time to prune any flowering shrub is right after it flowers. Okay. So, okay. so I'm making little mini notes. Yeah, here, okay. so generally speaking, we have early spring blooming shrubs like forsythia is a good example, the yellow oh. flowers in the spring. Once those yellow flowers have all dropped off and we've just got a green plant, that's when you do your hard pruning typically because a forsythia can grow as much as two or three feet in one season, okay. one growing can I, season. So, can I let you know, the, can I name sure, my plants? Sure, or? yep, go ahead. Okay, I have like the burning bush. I have two yeah. of them. Yep. And I also have Wajulias. Now, I know yeah. they're, the blooming part for them is over, so I guess I can go ahead and do them now. Well, okay, so and, any other shrubs or just the burning uh, bush? Well, I have shrub? one in particular. It's called a summer wine. I don't know the horticultural name, but yeah. it's, it's massive this year, wow. and it's still blooming. Yeah. Okay, so that's the thing about Wajila. And many of the newer varieties, and summer wine is one of the newer varieties, have been selected because they will bloom quite nicely Mm -hmm. all summer. So you get that big flush of blooms early June. Then they, you know, it gets hot and they tend to fall off. But meanwhile, more buds are forming. So with Wajila, what I would do, I mean, you have an option. You could prune it now. Okay. Uh, and obviously you'd be taking away a number of blooms. But if you can just leave it for the rest, get it through until sort of late August, 
August okay. would be a better time to, to kind of do a, a hard pruning. If you were pruning it now, you would only do a kind of a gentle um, bit of a haircut. If it's, you know, out over a walkway it, or yeah. interfering with mean, yeah. getting in the front door, then, yeah, you have to do that kind of pruning. But uh, but, <laughs> but don't do hard pruning in July. It's just too hot. Yeah. And it's it's very shocking to the well, plants. I'm worried about bugs. I thought maybe it would cause infestation. What about the burning bush? Now, my one in particular... It's gotten so huge, and and the the stems have gotten very very thick. Yeah, yeah. Well, burning bush doesn't. You can prune just about any time you want. Best time to do it would be the spring, because then it would outgrow the pruning throughout the summer, and then look beautiful when it starts to burn in the fall. Uh, it's not. We don't grow burning bush for flowers. We grow them for their fall foliage. Okay, yeah. Um, now, can I cut it right down if I wanted to? But only in the early spring or right. late fall. Okay, yeah, all right. Not now, okay, but yeah. Thank you so much. I, I love your show. Thank you. Thanks, you, you honey. Unpruned burning bushes right. want to be 10 feet tall and wide. Right. So, yeah, you really sort of have to stay on top of them. Looking yeah. at that okay, clock. Yeah, this oh. one, one in particular, is, it just loves where it is <laughs> a little bit too much. All right. Good. Thank you, Connie. Thanks. I'm going to try and squeeze call. in one, one more call. You are and it's try. a first time caller. Patrick in Whitby. Hi. We have to make it kind of short there, Patrick. Okay. I will. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, one day while waiting for my bus, one of maple tree whirligig thingamajigs mm-hmm. came floating down and landed at my feet. Mm-hmm. Well, I looked at it and looked fresh, so I picked it up, put it in my pocket. Mm-hmm. A few days later, I remind, remembered it and planted it in a little bit of soil in a coffee cup on my desk. <laughs> yes. It grew. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> I got two leaves out of it, and then on a three-day weekend, it dried, and the leaves curled up and died. Oh, son of a gun. But it was a good start anyway, a good attempt. <laughs> Thank you, Patrick. That was that was dandy. Yeah, good. And we have to kind of leave the story there, unfortunately, because uh, the guys from Dave's Corner Garage are arriving uh, for their show. revving their engines. Yes, indeed. And uh, Charlie, once again, it's been a ton of fun working yes. with you, as per usual. I think we're near about our ninth year doing this show, you That's and I. That's a good point. We had yeah. an anniversary. Yeah. Well, we got to track back on that. I think it was, know, it was have, about... Have like, some champagne in the uh, studio next week, maybe. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. I'll bring the orange juice, you bring the champagne. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm going to be back at 11 o'clock this morning yes, to uh, give an hour's worth of music. And, and be o'clock. checking in with the, the Which, guys and gals from the Collingwood Elvis Festival. Elvis Festival. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Indeed. I hope they're having fun up there and staying hydrated, and you enjoy the rest of your day. I know you're Thank in you and so out much. of the studio, and you've got a busy week ahead of you, I think, Indeed as well. Indeed, I have. Yep. So do I. So uh, good. thanks again, Frank, for being here. Always appreciate it. Thanks, Will, Sebastian. And uh, thank you to all our great callers and big, you know, extra welcome to all those first-time callers. Yeah. We, we always say, you know, don't be a stranger. Coffee's on. Call anytime. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.